Before we get into today's episode, March Madness is here, and the Bald Men on Campus and ESPN podcast hosted by Jay Billis, LaFonzo Ellis, and Seth Greenberg will keep you up to date on what you need to know. These ESPN basketball personalities give you an all-access pass inside the world of college basketball talking to the biggest names in the sport. That's Bald Men on Campus. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a brand new episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier. That's my boy, Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark, we got a massive show for us today. We're going to talk to Meatball Molly McCann after that beautiful spinning elbow that she landed last weekend. We absolutely got to tap in and tap out. We're going to revisit a lot of UFC London last weekend. But before, my friend, we have got to go right down to Dade County, Miami, and talk about what happened last night between Jorge Masvidal and Colby Covington. Bro. There's bad blood, RC, but then there are times when bad blood spills over and the situation becomes very unfortunate. I think that is what we are seeing right now between these two down in Florida. Yeah, DC, I think the the, the big thing is when we look at fighters, uh, you look at, you know, and let's be honest, they're mixed martial artists now. There has to be a level of respect there. There has to be a level of professionalism. And I think that's hard. Sometimes because the bottom line is, bro, it's fighting. The bottom line is that at, at some point, these things can become personal. And obviously, the relationship between Jorge Masvidal and Kobe Covington runs deep. It's something that is deep rooted in history. And not everybody is to be played with in certain ways, DC. And I don't really know any other way to put it mm-hmm. that sometimes being the villain or sometimes building a fight, sometimes making sure that you say certain things that gets people interested in the match that's supposed to take place in the octagon, sometimes that goes over the line and not everybody is okay with letting it be there. And I saw something that Jorge Masvidal posted and said, you know, it's a show your face challenge and that, you know, I'm from Dade County and if you run your mouth, these certain things. Listen, this is a dude that was willing to fight in backyards. This is a dude that had no issue with standing in front of men with no gloves, with no sanctions. And so if you think that he's going to back down ever when he has an emotional feeling about someone else, he's not. Jorge Masvidal has shown you even at a post-fight press conference or at a post-fight interview, if you talk, you could get three-pieced, as we saw with Leon Edwards. But I know for the UFC, I know for mixed martial artists all over the world that are continuing to look for respect as it pertains to its sport, this is not necessarily the black eye that a lot of people would have wanted. You know, Ryan, it's hard for me to really sit up here and and judge Jorge for his actions, being that John Jones and I had many altercations that almost ended up in the same way. But ultimately, people were able to stop us from taking it to the next level. But, But here's the thing. A lot of these altercations happen prior to the fights happening. And then we were always very clear of each other. When you got 25 minutes, right? You got 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that, that is the only place in which I'm going to condemn Jorge Masvidal. You had 25 minutes less than two weeks ago to do everything you wanted. Mm-hmm. It does not seem as though this was a... Gosh, it's so hard here not to assume... But it does not seem as though this was a come face-to-face and we get into a fight. It seems like something different. Mm-hmm. 
And that's where it becomes a little bit off. Now, you're right. Jorge is an absolute... Jorge Masvidal is... Jorge Masvidal... Hold on one second. My TV went off, RC. Okay. Jorge Masvidal is a fighter. He's an absolute fighter. He is an absolute dog. But I don't know if it can seep into the streets like that. But we saw with Habib and Connor, right? Habib was not willing to let it go. It went too far for him to say, at the end of the fight, we're okay. It went too far. And I feel like that's what happened. But, I mean, Kobe Covington was supposed to join us today, RC. But he opted to kind of take some time yeah. to process everything, which we respect uh, because we're men. But like you said, you can't play with certain people. But I just don't really know, man, if you can do it in the way that it seems to have been done. Because now I think some serious stuff is going to come out of this that um, these guys have families. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously I've, I tried to read whatever I could about some of the charges that have been filed uh the plaintiff in the case or, you know, the victim in the case is not named. So we can't necessarily say, you know, we know exactly who it is or, or, or what has happened. But it doesn't seem, at least from what I've read and what I've heard, that it was the situation of, hey, we understand this is about to happen. Let it happen. We don't want things to get ugly. As much as we enjoy rivalries and we enjoy altercations and you enjoy tension, you want everybody to get home safe. You want everyone to get home whole. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'll talk to Molly, Molly McCann earlier, I mean, uh, later, and, you know, we'll get to hear her, you know, talk about, you know, what happened in her fight and, and, and how you can knock people out. You know, we saw the same thing with a guy like Arnold Allen, you know, and the way that he was able to beat Dan Hooker. That's where we want things to be. That's where we want things to stay. And so to now see that go away from the octagon and be out in the streets or be uh, happen in restaurants, you do feel like they should have had better people around them. DC, my entire life, there was always someone when I was out or if I was at a restaurant or if I you know, went to a party that would make sure everything was copacetic with me. If we saw someone who you do have an issue with, somebody leaves or somebody gets in between and make sure that these things don't happen. And so um, though I've loved everything that's going on between these two men in the UFC, I do not love what is taking place now for either guy, whether that be Kobe or Jorge Masvidal. You know, with the way that you had someone around you to protect you, it's honestly because of where you're from. And for me, I always had people around me that would go, you guys can't do this now because of where I'm from. And knowing who I am at my core, that when that stuff starts to seep into a street situation, if you're going to attack it. Kobe Covington is not a street guy. Like, I will tell you today, yes. Kobe Covington is not a street guy. Kobe Covington is a guy that likes to talk and fight. The stick may have crossed the line, and now it's gotten him into a situation that he is not really equipped for. That is why, Ryan, he didn't have anybody in place with him to make sure that it didn't cross the line. Right. But because I know who I am, I always made sure somebody was in there, in that place with me, to make sure that I didn't cross the line, to ensure my safety and, my, and protect everything that I was building. Same thing with you. Understanding where you're from, knowing mm -hmm. that if things go sideways, this is a dude that I know will go and do what he has to do. Absolutely. So you got to have somebody you trust to make sure that you don't go and lose everything that you've worked so hard for. Kobe's not that guy. 
Kobe's not a guy that is looking to be dealing in street things. He may talk like it. When he says he's the king of Miami, he's talking about he's the best fighter for Miami. And it's hard to argue that right now, considering right. Usman's training in Colorado. Yeah. It's hard to argue that. But it's also the fact that you're on the internet all the time. He was on the Full Sin podcast, right? He was out with that guy, Bob Minnery, who was in the video with him on TMZ. Yep. So it's he, he said, how does he know where I'm at? Well, it's easy to find out because everything's tracked nowadays. Right. Everything's tracked, and it's so easy for people to find you. And it's unfortunate, man. It's very unfortunate for Kobe. It's very unfortunate for Jorge because now, Ryan, it sucks. But uh, some serious, serious things is going to come out of that uh, for both of these gentlemen, as you said a few minutes ago. Now, Ryan, there was action inside the Octagon last weekend from London. Yeah. And not only action. Some of the best action that we have seen for a really long time uh, with the way that these athletes performed. And one of the ones, I mean, nine post-fight bonuses were handed out because it was so good. Yeah. The first time going back to London since the pandemic, and they absolutely delivered, my brother. Nah, it was absolutely crazy. And when you have someone perform the way that Molly McCann did, you got to get her on the show. And so we got one round with Meatball Molly coming up now. What's up, guys? Now it's time to go one round with Meatball Molly McCann. Molly, last weekend, <laughs> London was jumping. I mean, the city was, was on fire, and you guys absolutely turned it out. How good did it feel to fight back at home and to have that type of performance? Oh, I needed it, DC. I needed it um, after the, the two-year layoff in the COVID with no fans and then to have a few fans in September, it was nice to finally get one of the best KOs you will ever see, ever. Well, here's my question. How how, how much fun has the three-day bender been after the win? <laughs> um, it, was only, it was only one day this time. Um, I just, I haven't stopped eating. I've just done a Patrick... Um, Chicken wings, cake, cookies, and um, and Fanta orange this time. No beers. Um, I think I need to, to lay off the booze this time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Molly, there's something different about competing in at home, especially across the pond, because the crowd was almost like rabid when you won and then Patty won. Yeah. And then Aspinall won. To have and mm -hmm. share in that moment with so many of your fellow countrymen, what did it mean to you, not only as an athlete, but just as a person that's trying to uplift uh, mixed martial arts over there again? I mean, I feel like it was a, a proper moment in time in DC. I really, really feel like on Monday, a lot of young girls and young boys went to the gym and started MMA. It was like, when Dan, uh, Mike Bisbon won the belt and just everyone went to the gym. And uh, I'm just more bothered that me and Patrick won together. You know, for 9, 10, 11, 12 years, we've known each other. And to get that moment is very, very rare. I'm not sure if you ever fought on the same cards as Big Kane or, or you fought with anyone from your gym. But when you both win a really, really big fight in, in your home home country well obviously with the fort in America it does mean something more it is amazing and um, I don't know everyone's kind of watching us now so we have to make sure the performances 
are are amazing. <laughs> You, you, you know what the crazy thing about that is? Like, fighting with a teammate is fun. But it's always best to fight with a teammate when you go first. Because when you go first, you don't have to <laughs> yeah. feel the pressure of performing up to what they do, right? Yeah, I mean, I think he had some pressure to live up to me, didn't he? But um, as always, the walkout was amazing for him. And the walkout was amazing for me. And again, we've just got a really... Another great night for Next Generation MMA. Like, me and Paddy have shared the card maybe five or six times. And we I don't know what it is, DC, but we just bring something different to the table every single time. Listen, that, that, that sounds fun. You know, I don't know that feeling, and I certainly don't know the feeling of getting such an explosive knockout like you did in that last round. What was your first thought know. once you realized you had that? <laughs> did you once see you had face? that knockout, what was the first thing in you? <laughs> I was like, this knockout. I did to see your face. <laughs> I thought I'd won the world title. I felt like I had just become, I just beat Valentina. <laughs> That's how I felt. Um, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. These are things you drill. These are things you drill. And um, I didn't even think I had the capability of, of knocking someone clean. Like, like, wow, like out, out. Not just a bit out, out, out. And um, it was about two minutes before yeah. I realised she was still down. And I went and checked. I was like, oh, are you okay? And she wasn't. So she's okay now. But she wasn't okay for a good half an hour, 40 minutes. So, ah, Molly, listen, there's a saying in fighting. But we've all been um, there. We've all it been there. It sucks that she got... Yeah, that's what I was about we've to say. Hey, it's better, it's better the opponent than you. It's better the opponent than you whenever it happens like that. <laughs> yeah. But Molly, here's the thing. When you when you when you land one like that, it was absolutely perfect. That spinning back elbow. It was nasty. Yeah. It was perfect. You've always been fun, Molly. You're a fantastic fun fighter. But a win like that can almost reset the career. So two days after, mm. like what's the mindset for Molly McCann when looking at the future and what your prospects can be in the UFC's flyweight division? The mindset was I've, I, I took Dean Thomas for breakfast. Um, Dean came up to Liverpool <laughs> to come and see me. I took him for breakfast. And we just kind of had a conversation, how can I be better? And it was just go away and work on plan B a bit more. So if my plan A doesn't work, I need a, a plan B that can still finish a fight also. So like I say, normally I would be on a three-day bender, boys. I'd be drinking alcohol for three, four days, but... Not now. I um, it's back to the gym. I was back in the gym on Monday. Yeah. Back in the gym again today, and um, like you say, Talia Santos beat me in Abu Dhabi, and she is now fighting um, Shevchenko. So one, two more wins, big, big wins for myself. I don't see why that can't be me, and um, and that's what we're here to do. At the end of the day, isn't it, Daniel? We're not here to to just make numbers up like no matter who was in the UFC we all believe we can be a champion otherwise we wouldn't be doing it and um, and that's me I'm going to I'm going to give it my best run the best chance that I can the best shot that I've got and um, and see how 
I reckon I can get a go. I reckon I can have a go against Shevchenko. So um, keep me head down, keep wrestling, keep doing some jiu-jitsu and see where we go. Did you like those takedowns, DC? <laughs> Molly, I, I loved them. I loved everything about the performance because you didn't just land the spinning elbow. You dominated that fight from start to finish. And yeah. congratulations on a fantastic performance. I cannot wait to call your next one or the next time I am in the presence of Molly McCann, one of my favorite people in the entire UFC. So good luck, Molly. Oh, Thank you for joining stop. us. Don't stop. And boys, can I just say, with <laughs> every fight, I try to improve fights IQ and I try and show show up for the fans and be a performer. So I hope you can see I'm making more correct decisions when I'm in there. And um, I'm on the way, boys. I'm on the way. Thanks for your time and I'll catch you again soon. You are. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you so, you so much. much, Molly. Thank Thank you. And look, and there's Liverpool. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> it's it's beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful. Liverpool's beautiful. <laughs> it seems dark though. <laughs> it's dark it. and it's a bit gloomy. So I I'd rather be it here is. in the United States. On, Ryan, now listen. She called him Patrick. She called him Patrick. She said, "Me and Patrick." On a number of occasions, she called him by his full name. <laughs> yeah. But what Patty Pimlet did on Saturday was absolutely deliver again. And this time he did it on the ground, right? Because the first time it mm -hmm. was about him uh, being the grappler, but he went and got the knockout. This time he struggled a bit on the yep. feet. And again, he got the takedown. And this time got the submission, something that he's known for. How excited are you now mm. after watching Patty Pimblet, Pat, Pimblet again? That's a tongue twister. And then the way that he performed. Listen, I enjoyed watching Patrick because I think what we've seen in both of Patty Pimblett's fight is him make adjustments. And a lot of times you don't see that early on in some of these fighters' UFC careers, right? We watch him get stunned a little bit in his first fight, and then he finishes that fight explosively on its feet. And now in this fight, he saw that he wasn't necessarily going to outstrike him, took him down, takes his back, gets the submission. I think we're seeing the full rounded game of Patty Pimblett. And, and who doesn't like the little bit of dancing and the extra pumps after he gets to win? <laughs> and then even, even better coming into this fight was these two dudes facing off and these two dudes having altercations and kind of like, okay, look, if you're going to be this internet star, if you're going to be this Twitter star or social media star, you have to come see me. And so there was bad blood walking into the octagon and for Patty Pimlet to finish it the way he did in the fashion he did as early as he did in his first two UFC fights, you have to be exciting. And then to watch him and Molly McCain hug after the fight and enjoy themselves, her pick him up and all of those different things. He's showing why he has the ability to be the next superstar. He mentioned Conor McGregor and hope, hopefully making money like Conor McGregor. So the boys and girls in, in his city don't have to eat at food banks. And I think all of those things just continues to build his star, but it starts with the way that he's finishing fights in yep. the octagon. You know what that does, Ryan? It, it, it honestly, it, it almost like makes you like enamored with him a bit because not only is he yes. a good fighter, he is looking to raise the boat, not only himself. He's like, no kid will eat from a food bank anymore. You know, he's like, yeah. he wants to make his entire city better. That is very admirable. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, even though he fought impressively, I saw a lot of takes online, Ryan, because I'm very tied to my phone and people are going, listen, the Patty Pimlet story is fun, but he will never be a contender. And I don't know where they're getting that from. I don't know if it's because he doesn't seem as sure on his feet 
or uh, because of the way the fights have started. Now, has he fought the highest level of competition? No. Was Kazula Vargas the guy that was no. supposed to go over there and present him an opportunity to look impressive? Yes. Ultimately, yes. the competition will rise for Paddy Pimblett. But to the the, the test that he have had to, to this point, he has aced them. And he has done them in a way that will only make him a bigger and bigger star. And the better, the, the another thing about him, RC, is that he is very aware of where he is. He's like, hey, I'll fight guys in the rankings when the UFC starts to pay me more. That is a actual, yeah. that's like a term or a statement that so many young fighters are making today. We saw it with Sean O'Malley, and now we're seeing the same thing with Patty Pimblett, yep. who has an absolute ton of momentum right now. But DC, you mentioned, you know, fighting the ranked fighters when the UFC is willing to pay him. If you're the UFC, understanding you may have the next young superstar on hand with Patty Pimblett, how do you schedule his fights and how do you find his opponents going forward? So you know what, RC? It's a, it's a difference, right? So it's one thing to be in, in an arena and a ton of people care about it in that area, right? So... People in mm -hmm. England care about Paddy Pimblett. Next, they'll start to gauge how he does with the numbers. Then the numbers have to show that you deserve a bigger paycheck. Bro, it's all business. You and I know. Like, I mean, we've been doing business for years, both of us, on the sports side, on the athlete side, now on the television side. If you don't create the, the, the demand, they ain't going to pay you. Right now, it seems as though Paddy Pimblett yeah. is a guy that is going to create a demand. People will want to see him fight. People will want to see more Patty. He's fun. He's exciting. He's braggadocious. He talks. He get, he draws you in. But ultimately, when that competition raises, he has got to be able to uh, perform in those moments. Because for everything people say about Connor, RC, Connor was loud. Connor bragged a lot. Connor was this, this, this. Connor had a silver spoon in his mouth. Conor McGregor won all the way to the championship. And then when he won the championship, yeah. he did it in 10 seconds against the greatest featherweight of all time. So he won right. all the way to the top and then ultimately became the double champ. So you got to win if you ultimately want to make the real big dollars. Yeah, and so what we also got to see, and I think you mentioned it when we were speaking, you know, to Molly, you get Molly, you get uh, Patty, you also get Aspinall, and Aspinall just continues to impress. He gets the submission of Volkov early on in that fight, and so when when you're watching him, DC, and you, you even said it last week when we got to speak to him, that this could present a problem. Well, it wasn't really a huge problem, so as Aspinall continues to climb the rankings at the heavyweight in the heavyweight division, where can you see him ending up? Is this a dude that can one day challenge for the heavyweight championship? And is that sooner than later? You know, what was the best part about our interview with Tom last week, Ryan? Was how calm he was. Remember how, like, calm and within himself? Yeah. He didn't seem nervous in a massive spot for a young fighter. Mm -hmm. You know, fighting Volkov, a guy that has been in there with some of the better fighters in the heavyweight division— and honestly, challenge. He went five rounds with Cyril Gant. He fought Jarzinho. Volkov has been in there and lasted with many guys. Aspinall made it a non-event. Aspinall took him down, yeah. beat him up. When Volkov got back up, he took him down again and hit him with a straight arm bar. I mean, this kid mm. is truly something special in the heavyweight division. And honestly, he is exactly what we have been waiting for. He's not only a good fighter, but he's a, he's a good fighter from across the pond. He's a guy that has the accent, has the fighting ability, and a guy that actually people want to see, and people will be drawn to him. And right now he said, hey, 
I'm a mystery right now. I'm okay staying a mystery. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, they will all know who I am because my abilities will prove themselves until eventually I'm fighting for a championship. He's exciting, man. And I know, like, I know those young heavyweights, RC, we get excited quickly. We start to, to, to crown them the next big thing. And then ultimately, sometimes yeah. they get knocked back, right? Remember Francis? He hits harder than a, a freaking Prius. Yeah. I don't know about this kid. I feel like this kid has the goods, man. I feel like he's going to be able to carry himself to the top and challenge the best fighters in the world because he's so well-rounded. Right. Yeah, and I think I think Tom Aspinall is kind of getting an opportunity to fall into the heavyweight division at a great time. We have a guy like Tui, uh, Tui Vasa who just beats Derek Lewis, and he's calling out dudes like Stipe Miocic, who are absolute studs and stars and former champions. We also have John Jones waiting. But Francis Ngannou, the current champion, has now gotten knee surgery. He's going to be out. So let's do some matchmaking in the heavyweight division, DC. Who do you want to see matched up and fighting for that interim title while Francis Ngannou recovers from his oh. surgery? Oh yeah, I'm good. Hey Ryan, Ryan, I'm good at this. I I'm good at this. This is this is oh where God. I make my money. You're here. good at everything, right? bro. So this you is, are good RC. at everything. <laughs> no, no, RC, my brother, my brother, my brother. Let me see, cause look, I got my paper right. I got my heavyweight matchmaking. So you got the champ, Francis. He sits on top. Mm -hmm. Then you go Stipe okay. versus Jones for the IC. Then it, hey, listen. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my goodness. I'm even better. Oh. Okay. So now I want to put a guy, Ryan. I want to get the next guy. I know Cyril gone. Okay. I know that Cyril just fought for the belt. I know that Cyril gone's good. I understand that. So what I'm doing, especially after next weekend, right, if if Gon wants to earn his way back, we have to go with the all right, here we go. There we go. All right, RC. <laughs> I don't know if you can see this, my friend. You got it. Come on, the, wait. I don't know. Can you see it? There's a go. All right. We got Francis as the champ up here up top. Then we got Stipe okay. versus Jones for the the I was about to say, I almost said the Intercontinental Championship. I'm thinking about WrestleMania for the interim <laughs> championship. Then I want to match up Ty Tuivasa and Tom Aspinall to see which of these two young prospects that's will ultimately present yeah. themselves as a true challenge because, yes, see, that's the next guy. But then while that's all happening, right, because the champ, Francis, the Predator's out for a year. Then you got Cyril Gunn will fight the winner of the Curtis Blaze-Chris Dawkins fight because then if Cyril Gunn can somehow manage to fight Curtis Blades, who's the favorite this weekend, and defend takedowns. Now you put him back into a title fight. You know that he's rounded out the skills. So here's what I got. I got the champ sitting on his butt right now. The big boy hurt his knee. I mean, hopefully okay. he shows up to the next <laughs> fight with those knee pads because those knee pads were immaculate last time. Then I got Stipe versus Jones. <laughs> Tuivasa versus Aspinall. Gone versus Blades. And, bro, if Francis is gone for a year, we could get the winner of Jones versus Stipe versus the winner of Aspinall, Tuivasa, come back, fight the champ Francis. All the while, we have Cyril Gahn or Curtis Blades, Chris Dawkins, still waiting in the wings. Now, Ryan Clark, that is how it's done. That is how you match up a division. <laughs> complete clarity. I don't know anybody ranked behind sixth. <laughs> Whoever's behind sixth, they are completely done for the next 15 months. <laughs> but <laughs> that's how I'm matching it. <laughs>
Hey, listen, DC, I think I think you have to go. If you're going to talk interim title, those two names have to be in it. It has to be Steve Miocic and John Jones. That's a no-brainer. I do love what you did with Tom Aspinall and Ty Tuivasa, though. These are two dudes that are climbing the rankings, two dudes that are being very impressive, but they're also young. So you can't necessarily say right now they deserve a John Jones or they deserve a Stipe Miocic. But yep. putting them in almost what would be, at least for the title right now, an elimination fight as far as this tournament goes is absolutely genius. It's, they have followings, right? They they represent their countries. They have this kind of this kind of cult behind them and and so that fighting that fight would be absolutely amazing but i also think just big for the young group of heavyweights and we can't eliminate Cyril yep. gan just because he lost to francis and ganu it's not like you just throw a young fighter away and so getting to see him against someone like curtis blades who we know is one of the top tier wrestlers in the in the heavyweight division show that he's fixed some of those deficiencies now puts him back in the conversation but my thing is this though dc if that happens, right, if all those things play out, say Jones wins and Aspinall wins and then Cyril Gaon wins, who gets the next matchup for the belt? If Jones is the winner and we have a Cyril Gaon win over Curtis Blades, we have a Tom Aspinall win over Ty Tuivasa, who fights for the belt? Who gets the first crack at John Jones? Okay. So, he, so here's, the, here's the thing, right? It's a matter of where and when Jones and Miocic want to fight. Right? Yeah, like you like the way I grab my paper, RC. It's a matter of like when <laughs> like they want to fight. Down. It's three people. So it's three the people. Beauty bro. Is, hey, hey, and the and and here's the beauty, RC. Aspinall has now won five in a row in the UFC, and Tuivasa's mm -hmm. won five in a row. So now you got two young guys that are really riding high as we move them into the title contention. The winner of Jones Miocic, because Francis had surgery like last week, so we're talking twelve months from March. Aspinall Tuivasa winner could fight the winner of Jones Miocic with the person standing at the end waiting for Francis Ngannou with, with the winner of the Gone Blades situation weighing in as a backup Ryan Clark. But ultimately you hope, <laughs> God, this is so complicated, but it's okay. But ultimately you hope, Ryan, ultimately you hope that it's not Curtis Blades being that oh he's gosh. lost twice to Francis Ngannou already. Yes. So, you know, there it is, right? You know, a, a, a twisted web we weave. But ultimately, I have completely figured out the heavyweight division. Bro, that is that is not completely <laughs> I mean, figured hey. out in any manner. That is totally topsy-turvy, but... I guess when you can call the national championships uh, in the NCs for wrestling, you can just do whatever the hell you want on, on DC and RC. Listen, another fight that was huge this weekend, DC, was Arnold Allen and Dan Hooker. And we watched Arnold Allen come in two different ways at Dan Hooker, eventually finishing, finishing him uh, with strikes in the TKO. When you look at that fight and what Arnold Allen was able to prove where can this young dude go with the next step? RC, he's 9-0 in the UFC. 18-1 and yeah. overall. Like, if you're not starting to get excited about Arnold Allen, then I don't know what rock you've been living under. Because you should be pumped about this kid. This kid is tremendous. And you got to remember, Dan Hooker went tooth and nail with Dustin Poirier at 155 pounds. One of the most 
Powerful guys in the entire division. Arnold Allen wiped them out in a round. I know you can't do MMA math. I know it doesn't make sense. But the way he went at Dan Hooker was very telling of yeah. not only his potential, but also Dan Hooker standing in the division. We spoke about this last week. You know, you and I talked yeah. about it for a long time. We talked about this fight. But the vast majority of that conversation was centered around Dan Hooker. I think we have our answer now as to where Dan Hooker is in his career. And it's it's sobering. It's, it's actually sad for a, a fan favorite like Hooker. But we know now that Dan Hooker is now on the tail end. Because when you start to become mm -hmm. the person that is there to uplift the younger talent, the, 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 the gatekeeper per se, like, I, you know, you always say I try to make everybody a gatekeeper. It seems like now he will continue to find himself in those types of matchups. But ultimately, it's about Arnold Allen and his ability to dominate in the biggest fight of his career last weekend and put on an absolute dominant performance. DC, I, I definitely don't have any experience with this, but this is something I want to bring to you. We've seen this with boxers. Uh, we've seen this with mixed martial artists. Sometimes when you watch a guy get in an absolute war, the way we saw Dan Hooker and Dustin Poirier get into a few years back and lose that war, they're never the same. Dan Hooker, since losing to Dustin Poirier, has never been that same level fighter we saw that night or before then. Can something like that and taking an L weigh on a fighter to where he's never truly the same? Because when you watch the way that Arnold Allen was able to attack Dan Hooker with reckless abandon, with no fear at all, just completely throwing any strike that he wanted to, he seemed like he felt it was a shell of Dan Hooker. Did that fight, or do you believe losing that fight to Dustin Poirier has weighed on Dan Hooker since and taken a toll? You know what it is, Ryan? Um, it's a sad thing. You know, the greatest fighter of all time is Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, even mm -hmm. though he won those fights, took so much damage that by the end of it, when he was in there with Larry Holmes, he was not the same guy. You knew that Larry Holmes, his former training partner, was going to dominate him if you knew anything about boxing. And he absolutely did that. So, so here's the thing. When you look at Dan Hooker, he went to war with Paul Felder. He won, but he went to war. He went to absolute war with Dustin Poirier. 25 minutes of a blood and guts war yep. where he had to bite down on the, the gum shield, win the fight, but he lost. But in that fight, you give up so mm -hmm. much of yourself that you start to hit that button. It's that power button. Mike Tyson punch out, my brother. You yeah. remember at the beginning of the fight, Lil Mike, Lil yeah. Mac had a big power bar. It starts yeah. to go down and down and down. As time goes, press that button like that. it keeps <laughs> happening. Then he, yeah, you keep pressing that button, right? You keep pressing that button. But then he beat, he beat Nasrat Hakparaz, <laughs> which was tremendous. He was able to wrestle him, not take damage. Chandler puts him out. Islam submits him. This kid puts him out. So even though he didn't go out against Felder, he didn't go out against Dustin Poirier, he took an absolute beating. And now you're starting to see all the wear and tear from those fights really start mm -hmm. to show themselves because he's not the same guy. And it's sad to watch because he's not an old guy, but he's also down a weight class. And as we've seen time and time again, RC, these guys suck all that weight. It does affect the chin a little bit. We saw TJ Dillashaw go out by Henry Cejudo. It starts to affect yeah. the chin. And I think the weight cut and all the damage he's taken over the course of a really tough career is starting to really wear on Dan Hooker, and we will, I don't think we'll ever see him the same guy again. It's sad. 
UFC London, bro, was absolutely crazy. It didn't matter what the fight was. It was explosive the entire time. It was a great weekend to be a UFC fan. But it wasn't the biggest thing, at least to me, that happened to the fans of DC and RC. Because our man, DC, the one and only, was calling the NCAA Wrestling Championship. Let's take a look at some of the best of DC. And this one may actually not be bloopers. I'm back. I'm back to school. Look, I'm all buttoned up. We don't wear ties in the UFC. There is nothing like it in sports. I mean, the hairs on my arm, the very few that I have, are standing up. But 10 champions will be crowned in this great arena. Oh, look at this. Oh, it's oh. These boys are going after it. This is my main event, boys. Look at the Oklahoma jump man right there. That was nasty. Yeah. That was nasty. That was nasty. He was mad yesterday in his poor fight in the rush. Honestly, I just wrestle like a coward. How do you change that? Passion nuts. Oh. Woo. <laughs> Levels to the game, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, he's nice getting bad points. Oh, my goodness. But you know why I show up. I show up for the big boys in spandex, and that is the biggest, baddest man on the planet right there wrestling. I'll be right back, Coach. Talk my running. you got to be an entertainer yeah. if you want to live in the world of pro wrestling. It's sad for me to know that he won't be back. Goosebumps, man. <laughs> hey man, Dude, that is big. That was time, tremendous. Bro. You had the big man Gable. How was it, bro? Tell us about the experience. Ryan, I gotta be honest, my brother. Like it was the it was literally a dream come true. It, I had the time of my life. Look, I started on on Friday with my my tie. They made me wear it, but I made sure to wear an orange Oklahoma State color tie. But by Saturday, I was undressed. <laughs> I was back in my UFC no tie up top. I was ready to go, dude. <laughs> The energy was crazy. RC, you ever do something on TV like where you're just buzzing afterwards? Like you just can't turn it off? Like yes. your skin's like everything's like like still like on fire. That that's how I was Friday, and that's how I was Saturday night, bro. It was like it was literally like one of the best times of my life. And the reception was phenomenal. It, it was perfect. It, it could not have gone any better. I don't know why it took me so long to do that, but the, the wrestling was great. Big boy Gable got it done. RC, I was calling the, the heavyweight title match like a title fight. I, I called it like Francis right. was going it, it to was fight like Cyril God. I was like, man, let's go. <laughs> Dude, it was crazy. They had walkouts and everything. And then big boy Gable went out there and did his thing. I mean, we talked to Gable last weekend, and Gable went out there and did mm. his thing, bro. He retired from the sport at 21, Ryan. Dude retired at 21, yeah. knows exactly what he's doing next, going to the WWE. So uh, it was tremendous. And congrats to every NCAA champ. And hats off to the man. The biggest, baddest ball on the planet, man, Gable Steves. You know what, DC, man? I think it was awesome that you got to be back in your element, but also people got to see your love of the sport. <laughs> Sometimes when you go on and you get an opportunity to become a star, you know, as, as, as you have, I mean, an international star, you can go to different countries and people know who Daniel Cormier is because he's a two division champion. But it all started right there on those wrestling mats. And for you to bring the type of eyeballs and the type of excitement that you did for those young men is absolutely phenomenal. And for you also to talk about and be there when Gable Stevenson not only shows why he's so beloved, shows why he's a gold medalist, but also retires at 21 and is set to do the next thing in his life, man. That was absolutely phenomenal. It's amazing. I'm so glad that you got to be a part of that. And hopefully, hopefully you'll be a part of it many more times.
Yeah, you know, man, it, it was fun. RC and people ask me, man, you seem so passionate about it. Like I was like, this is where I live, man. I it it was it was the excitement of a UFC pay per view. It, it was absolutely tremendous. But Ryan, guys, on Saturday they wrestled to the end of the match. They never tapped out. Very few ever want to tap mm-hmm. out. But every week we gotta either tap in or tap out. So it's time to get to it. Let's go. It's time to tap. Let's go, Jake. All right, guys, Conor McGregor is once again calling for a title shot in his return, except this time he's targeted the welterweight champion, Kamar Usman. Usman was quick to respond to Conor, and all he could do was laugh. So, DC, tap in or tap out on Usman taking McGregor's bait and responding on social media. Oh, man, look, he took the bait, but if you're Kamar or Usman, you have to. He's the biggest draw in the game, and honestly, and Conor going to get us, but it doesn't present that many problems for Kamaru Usman. Kamaru Usman said, y'all must want to see a homicide. Because honestly, Ryan, when you yeah. look at these two, <laughs> yeah. when you look at Kamaru Usman and Conor McGregor, man, come on, man. Kamaru Usman's too big. Yeah. He's too strong. He's too physical. He's gonna, he would present a lot of problems for Conor. Yeah, listen, I tap in on taking the bait because if I'm Kamar Usman, I signed up for this fight yesterday. You're going to give me the smaller man. You're going to give me the man that's not fighting or not ascending any longer. And I'm the pound for pound champion in the UFC. But I know the type of money I make if Conor McGregor fights me. This is the... It won't be the Canelo money that Kamaru Usman was looking for, but it will be an actual win where he doesn't have to go out there and fight a boxer on his terms who is the best in the world right now. I I respond. Mm -hmm. I keep responding. I beg Dana, and I make this fight happen if I'm Kamaru Usman. (laughs) (laughs) Sign the check, man. Sign the check. Sign the check. Corporate Jake. All right, speaking of the aforementioned Canelo Canelo Alvarez, Kamar Usman has not only said that he wants to box the undisputed middleweight champion, but that also Usman said that he will stop him. So, RC, tap in or tap out on Usman saying that he would stop Canelo Alvarez in a boxing match. I, I don't even know what the tap out signal is. I don't even, what, what is the, yeah, DC, like, what's the tap out signal? Whatever that is, let's do it. A-A-R-C. Hell no. I love, what, what? <laughs> RC, you remember hey, when James told him he was tapping Usman. out against uh, Randy Couture? He didn't, yes. <laughs> he didn't even know how to tap out. Remember James Tony was kind of like waving yeah. like that? That's yeah. what I'm doing. I'm tapping out like James Tony, man. Like, out. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think Kamaru Usman is in his right mind thinking this. Canelo Al- Alvarez is probably the best boxer in the world right now, pound for pound. A dude that if he doesn't want to get hit, doesn't get hit. And when he wants to put your lights out, he puts your lights out. But it's smart to say because if you can get the fight with the bigger gloves and maybe not walked out as harm and get the big money, you take it. But DC, I'm tapping out. Hey, hey, listen, Kamaru's my brother. That's my brother. I mean, that's my brother. I love him to death, and I would love for him to get the bag. But the reality is this: you cannot fight Canelo Alvarez. And let me tell you one reason: the main reason you can't fight Canelo. Canelo's a Mexican fighter with a ton of pride, RC. He ain't going to carry him like many people believe Floyd Mayweather did for Conor right. McGregor. Canelo will try to hurt you. So, no, I'm tapping out yep. because I care about the well-being of my brother. You don't go into the boxing arena and fight a guy like Canelo. Look at that, Ryan. The dude puts everything into Yo, his punches, monster. and he demolishes <laughs> monster, bro. professional boxers. So, yeah, yeah, I'm yes. tapping out, man. 
I don't want to see it. Let's see if we could just negotiate an, an, an encounter where you could get the money against Canelo without having to actually fight Canelo. <laughs> Corporal Jake. All right, guys, one more. There's been a ton of QB movement in the NFL this offseason. RC, your former team now, has missed Trubisky, while DC, your Saints, just re-signed Jameis Winston. So DC, tap in or tap out. Jameis will have a better season for your Saints than Mitch will for RC Steelers. Let me tell you something. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm tapping in because I hope, right? I hope. Because the, 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 the work that Mitch Trubisky has put on paper in Chicago has not been great. So I can only hope that he's <laughs> as bad as he was in Chicago, in Pittsburgh. Because we know that through seven games, Jameis Winston got us to five and two, Ryan. I mean, this, hey, look. Yeah. Last time Keyshawn told me right away when I was like, oh, I hope, I hope, I hope Jameis Winston. Keyshawn goes, don't let these people, D.C., make you think that Jameis Winston can't quarterback this team. He going to be fine. I don't right. know if I can say the same thing about Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, I'm not going to tap in or tap out. I'm going to fight to a draw. Here's why. I think that Jameis <laughs> could be successful, but I also believe that Mitchell Trubisky could be successful. We've seen Jameis be at a Pro Bowl level. But many people forget it. His second year, so was Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky's been to the playoffs two times in Chicago. So as I agree with Keyshawn, we can't let people make us think that Jameis can't play. I'm not totally out on Mitchell after sitting a year under Josh Allen and Brian Dayball. So I'm going to say that both dudes play very well, and I'm not going to wish bad on Daniel's team, which is my hometown team, the way he wished bad on my Pittsburgh Steelers. Let, let me be honest, Ryan. You know what? I, I'm going to defer to you. I'm just deferring because you're the professional here. I'm just going to defer. Like, I've learned. I've learned now, RC. At times, sometimes you got to just defer. Like, okay, okay, RC knows the football, right? Just like you always say, DC, you know the fighting. RC knows football. If RC says yeah. Mitchell Trubisky's not going to be terrible, then okay. I'm going to buy in. But, but, Corporate Jake, I would like you guys to clip this off. Because come next year, if Mitchell <laughs> Trubisky's terrible, we want to run this just like y'all did me with Amanda Nunez. Just like y'all did me with Amanda, I want y'all running this clip. Hey, DC, it's whatever you want to do, brother. I don't think Mitchell's <laughs> going to be as bad as people thought he was in Chicago. I believe he's learned some things. Matt Canada can use some of the college tricks that he's learned. And we all got to go back to college sometimes, DC. You went back to college last weekend. Last weekend, you were calling the NCs. You took the tie off. The first day you had the Oklahoma State orange on. So it's okay to go back to college. Let's go back to college, Mitchell. Let's go back to UNC. What got you drafted? second overall and let's win some games in Pittsburgh for Mike T baby hey my brother thank you so much man listen for your knowledge and for your preparation and for the ability to get this thing on paper and to have this ability to call back to this by the end of next year because I have no faith in Mitchell Trubisky <laughs> Ryan dog every single week we come on this show and we have a great time I appreciate the time that we spend yep. and look we finally got our sets and we got our audio and everything in order. So we're going to be starting on time, hopefully. Maybe every other week now we start on time. <laughs> really? Guys, you can find DC and RC so. every Tuesday. Every Tuesday, 